Hello and welcome to Thoughts. I'm your host, Miranda Schroeder. All right, it's Wednesday. I'm recording yesterday's episode this morning because that's just how we roll around here. You know, part of me just wants to call the episodes Wednesday and Friday episodes because that's when I always end up recording them. But then my fear is that if I say I'm going to release an episode on a Wednesday and a Friday, it'll become like Thursday and then a never because I work on Saturdays. So we're just going to keep calling it Tuesdays, Thursdays, and then they'll probably come out on Wednesday and then they'll probably come out on like Wednesdays and Fridays. You know what? Just we're going to roll with it. Today, I want to talk about something that in our culture is often very taboo to talk about. I think there's a lot of shame around this subject, a lot of secrecy. People feel really uncomfortable talking about it. If you know me, I don't really feel uncomfortable talking about anything. Like, I will talk to you about my armpit hair and I will talk to you about my period and I will also talk about money because money is such a massive part of our lives. I mean, money is, according to many, many research studies, money is often like the number one thing couples fight about. It is wild and couples in debt fight about money even more. And let's be real, a lot of us are in debt. Like the majority of our culture, we are in some form of debt um, and our family included in that. And with all of this house buying and selling going on, money has been like the topic of discussion in our household the last few weeks as we're looking at selling our current house, buying our new house. Um, Andrew and I went into 2023 wanting to really like dial in our budget, our monthly spending, and jumping up to a much larger home with a much larger mortgage payment is just giving us the drive to take our budgeting to the next level, take it even more seriously so we don't end up in a bad situation where we're just really over our heads financially. So yeah, let's just dive in. I want to like back up a little bit. I think it's so easy to compare ourselves to other people on the internet and I'm bringing this up again, yet again because I know when, when money is involved, this is something I do. I will see like a creator's account and I'm like, I, you know, we see their whole lives. Like we see what they wear. We see their Botox. We see their fancy car that they drive, this massive mansion they live in. And a lot of time it's women because I mostly followed mar- I follow married women. That's just what I relate to on the internet these days. And I'm always like, what in the hell do they do for work? Like, what do they do? So like, I guess she is an influencer and like, what does her husband do? Like, they're probably living in like a $2 million house, like going out all the time, tons of like plastic surgery, Botox, lip filler, like closets that are currently the size of my master bedroom, main bedroom. Sorry, I take that back. Main bedroom closets the sides of my main bedroom I'm just like like where where does this money come from that they live this lifestyle 
And then I always like catch myself in my privilege and like look at my life from other people's perspectives. And I'm like, oh my gosh, people probably look at my life, my house, etc., and do the same damn thing. It's just, it's just natural human nature. And so I always want to like think back. I've been thinking about this a lot lately as we bought this like massive dream home that I just, I can't even wrap my mind around that we were able to buy this house. So I want to take it back to right after I graduated college, I was in probably around forty to $50,000 of student loan debt. Um, I ended up taking on a car lease and then we got an apartment and I very, very quickly knew that I wanted to buy a house. Um, I was with my ex at the time. Uh, we were living together in an apartment and then we bought a small bungalow, bought a small bungalow for $65,000. So mind you, when you buy a house and you go, you put in the offer and the offer gets accepted, you have to deliver what is called earnest money. And this is basically money that you you give at that time of the accepted offer to show that you're serious. Like it, it puts skin in the game for you as the buyer of the house. Um, makes it harder to just walk away. Now, I had never bought a house. I was 20 years old. I had no idea what was involved financially or what the process looked like. So we put in the offer, it was accepted, and then they were like, okay, you need to deliver $500 of earnest money once the offer was accepted. And we did not have two freaking pennies to rub together. Like, I don't know what made us think we could buy this house, but we could not, we could not come up with $500. Like that is the amount of money that I had at the time. I think I was making about thirty-two, thirty-three $33,000 a year and I was buying a $65,000 house. So a $65,000 house was more than double what I made in a year. And that was with a college degree. So all of that to be said, I had all the student loan debt and I want to say all my student loans were private loans meaning they were way more expensive than loans you could have gotten from the government super high interest rates like 10 12 percent interest rates so the monthly payments were out the wazoo I think I was paying like $800 a month just towards my student loans so we were literally scraping by In order to come up with the $500 of earnest money, we literally like dug through couch cushions. We pulled all the change we could find out of like couch cushions, change jars, old bags, purses, like took the change, rolled it and like exchanged it at the bank. Like I'm not even kidding. It was so stressful somehow some way we scraped up the $500 to send in our earnest money in the time frame that was required and then when it came to the down payment we had to ask for help so my ex's family gifted us the down payment which was like $3,500 um and that has to be a gift when you're doing a real estate transaction it can't be like 
oh, we're going to give you $3,500 and then you pay us back later. No, it has to be like a legitimate gift where they're like, we're gifting you this money to buy this house and you don't have to pay us back. So we had to do that um, in, in this transaction. So my ex's parents paid our down payment for us. That right there is a whole nother privilege in its own to have parents that can financially help you and support you in life. So that is how we um, bought the first house and we gutted it down to the studs. Mind you, we did not, we could not even come up with $500. I have no idea what I was thinking when I was like, yeah, we can gut this baby down to the studs and then refinish it. Um, Thankfully, we had lots of friends and family that are in the trades. Like my ex's father was an HVAC technician. So he did all of that, helped with the plumbing. Um, One of his really good family friends is a general contractor. So he helped us with a million things. And like my dad did the backsplash. We installed the flooring ourselves. We installed the cabinets ourselves. Um, I think the only thing we ended up having a contractor do was install the granite countertops but it took a long time and we had to live in there I mean there were points we were living with we lived with no kitchen for like two months as we were like scraping up money to buy like one stock cabinet at a time it was wild like we were doing dishes in the bathroom there were a few days we didn't have electricity because once we tore down all the walls Um, we realized that the real estate agent had lied to us. He said he, um, had the house rewired and he didn't. So then we had to pay to have the entire house rewired. I don't even remember how we paid for that one. I think we had to like cash out some money or no, we came into like some random savings bonds that our like families had gotten us or something. And they like appeared like we were literally like scrambling, like basically dumpster diving for money at that point and then we had to go back to the real estate agent and threaten to sue him because he lied to us and yeah it was it was a a hard 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 time um I was also getting my MBA while all of this was going on so it was just a freaking lot but I've been thinking back to that little house so much right now because that little house is like what got me here today to our dream family home like it all started with that little bungalow Um, about a year and a half went by after we purchased it we got it mostly finished and then we turned around and sold it for like 125 we probably had twenty five thousand dollars into it so we turned a massive profit for a little tiny bungalow and we rolled that money into a new property that was going to be our home for when we got married we were engaged at the time rolled the money into a bigger house in the same neighborhood and then my ex called off our wedding we went our separate ways and uh thankfully we got most of our money back that we had put in for the down payment just because we had already like we had done a lot of like painting and staging and work in that house since we had moved in and we were able to sell it at the price point we needed to kind of break even on that transaction um and so yeah that sucked not exactly the real estate gain I wanted in that situation 
Um, but then when Andrew and I started dating, Andrew bought another cheap fixer of our house. I want to say we paid like 75000 for this house. And I spent two and a half years renovating it, all DIY. Um, we, thankfully, we didn't have to do anything like super major there. Like it had new windows. The mechanicals were fine. We did tons of just like painting, refinishing, restoring, just lots of cosmetic stuff. And then we were able to, and Andrew owned that home for about three years. I worked on it for about two and a half while I lived there. And we were able to turn around and sell that home, which we bought for 75000 for 150000 That was the, that was the game changer for us financially. That is what completely shifted our financial situation. Um, I would say the first thing that completely shifted our financial situation. We had taken on, right before we sold that house, we had taken on a lot of debt um, for our wedding, for home improvements. And then I still had a nice, pretty much, pretty much, I would say 75% of my student loans at that time. Um, I think we had some like credit card debt from the wedding. We took out a personal loan for the wedding. It was, I, we had financed my engagement ring. Like it was a lot of debt. Like we were drowning in debt. Thankfully at the time, like our mortgage was super cheap. So like it was super easy for us to pay on that debt. But I mean, the longer you let debt sit there that is incurring interest, like the more money that's coming out of your pocket long-term. So selling that house for the profit we did allowed us to literally pay off all of our debt. Um, I think at that point we had some of the wedding debt already paid off, but selling the house allowed me to pay off all my student loans. So we completely paid those off with that real estate transaction, like boom, gone, wiped. Um, and I believe we also, after that, had enough money to put like a 5% or 10% down payment down on a new house to move us back to Indianapolis. Um, at that time, Andrew got a small pay raise, but didn't make a huge dent in our, in our financial situation. And then the next big thing that happened was I took a new job and that increased my salary by like $30,000 a year. And that additional salary really took us to a place where we were very, very comfortable. Um, And then after that, Andrew finished his fellowship and went, um, went on to become an attending physician. And most people don't realize this, but physicians work for like $50,000 for the first like four years out of med school. Like it's, it's nothing. And they're making 50,000. $50,000 for like three to five years and um, they don't have to pay back their student loans at the time because it's technically still considered training, but they're also carrying like hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt and for the first five years of their career making like $50,000. So that's where we were with that. Thankfully, I had a great corporate job and could easily, between the two of our salaries, we were very comfortable. Um, yeah, then we were just nuts and we're like, let's buy this beautiful historic home comes up for sale down the street. And we're like, yeah, let's just buy that. Um, 
to be fully transparent, we also had a family member gift us some money at that time. It wasn't to buy the house. It was just a gift. Um, She's getting older and she just, you know, wanted to give that gift while she was here with the people that she loved. So that was super helpful. Again, I'm just like, this episode is just making me realize my privilege of having family and the the idea of generational wealth and like how deep that really runs and how that really affects the future of the next generation in the family like wow my eyes are just like open um I feel like every time I record a podcast my eyes just open to something like that anyways now we just bought our dream house which is super exciting um with this transaction we're going to get to pay off our cars and then at that point uh the only debt we will have will be our mortgage and andrew's student loans which now our mortgage is officially more than andrew's student loans because we have never had a mortgage that was even close to the amount of money we owe in student loans So we're basically just going to spend the rest of our lives paying for this ridiculous mortgage and these obnoxious student loans. Um, Yeah, things are going to be really tight until we get Andrew's student loans paid off. And I just wanted to talk about like actionable insights and like planning that goes into this. So at this point in time, we're like, Okay, there's our first focus was like, how do we minimize our monthly payments? Like things we are responsible for paying for every single month. Like how do we get rid of some of those things? Um, I think at one point we had like three TV subscriptions. Like we do not need three TV subscriptions. Now we're down to two and we're talking about, okay, maybe we cancel. (laughs) Maybe we cancel another one. Um, another huge thing that we paid for monthly was our CrossFit memberships. I want to say our CrossFit memberships were around like $250 a month. That is so much money. So we knew when Ryan was born, we were like, we just could not get to the classes with our work schedules and then having a kid and childcare schedules and like actually wanting to see our kid going to the gym, wasn't going to be an option for us anymore. And it was also such a huge monthly payment. So we made the choice to invest in equipment up front, which was very expensive. But now we were able to eliminate $250 out of our budget every single month, which is massive. And, you know, now we're looking at other ways. Okay, what are other things that we pay for every month that we can cut out? And those are really more of like your fixed costs. Like, you know, that bill is coming every month. Um, We have been, you know, looking at this with our new budget for our new mortgage. And we have things pretty whittled down on that front. So the next step in this process has been tracking everything we spend and categorizing it monthly. So at the end of the month, we go back, we look at every single cent that we spent and then we categorize it into what we spent it on and it is eye-opening I highly recommend doing this it is shocking to see how much money we spend on things that are just completely not necessary like I am embarrassed to tell you how much money we spent at restaurants and eating out last month 
it was I about fell over on the floor when I saw the total. So going forward throughout March, we're being like very conscious of how much we spend eating out. Now, if you don't have a primary objective as to why you're trying to pinch pennies here and there, I think it's very easy to just ignore it, not look at it, not be excited about cutting back on expenses. In fact, you're probably feeling like frustrated and upset that you're quote unquote cutting back. And that's why I think having like an end goal or, you know, a plan for this extra money that you're squeezing out of your budget every month. And for us, that is going to be paying off Andrew's student loans as fast as possible. So it might seem silly, but like these little tiny chunks add up so quickly. So I think we were over our restaurant budget by like, I don't even know, maybe $600 for the month, like maybe even more. We spent over $1,000 on either like eating out, restaurants, fast food. Like I think it might've been over $1,500. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was absurd. We were like, okay, if we could even cut that back by $500, that's $500 more per month that we can put towards loans. And like that amount of money towards our loans is going to like decrease the number of years we're paying. Like it's that effective. Now also add that on to the $250 we're saving for not having a gym membership. That's $750 a month. Now, if you're not like crazy restaurant goers like us, like maybe you can't make a big of a, of a dent there, but you know, there are so many little places to save and like a few $50 adds up to $150. So it really is impactful. And then having a plan for where you want that money to go and what you're going to do with it is so important. And it's exciting because on the other side of that is a freedom, a freedom to when that money comes in, you're not forced to push it out to a bill or a debt or you know, something that you, you have to pay, you get to decide. And that is, that is freedom to me. And I am so excited to get to that. Another area that I was completely shocked how much we spend was groceries and gifts. Okay. Groceries. Holy crap. We are pretty picky on our groceries. We have done a lot of research into like finding foods that don't have any like dyes in them that don't have any like toxic chemicals like additives whatever we have done a lot of research and we really care about that we eat pretty much all organic but holy heck holy heck I think we originally started the year out saying we would spend about a thousand dollars per month on groceries that was our budget mind you we feed three adults and one baby just to give you an idea and I think last month we came in at like 1500 Again, that is another $500. If I could cut that down by $500 and cut down our restaurant eating budget by $500, that's $1,000 per month. Then add the CrossFit bill. That is $1,250 per month. That is so much money. And I'm going to tell you, we put convenience we put such a high price like uh, price on convenience like we pay so much for convenience we use whole foods delivery through amazon we used ship delivery through meyer we buy hello fresh like oh my gosh there are so many ways we could cut back on that budget and i told andrew once we move like 
I am bound and determined. For one, we have never had a pantry. We have never had, well, we had one, a tiny pantry for like the blink of an eye at our last house. But other than that, we have never had a good size pantry where I could like buy in bulk and like keep like bulk items on hand. Like I've never had the opportunity to do that. And in our new house, we have a legitimate pantry. It's just like a closet, but it is a legit pantry. I've never had a pantry. I've never had anywhere to store bulk food items. So I told Andrew, once we move, like I'm going to start buying in bulk. I want to actually go shopping. I want to potentially cancel HelloFresh. Um, I just, I want to squeeze. Oh my God. The dog is going to send me over the edge. One thing in the new house is I hope that he cannot like see out the windows and see dogs walking by 24 seven because it, it literally spikes my cortisol levels and I lose my mind and I tend to yell at him because it stresses me out. But anyways, back to the grocery bill. There are so many ways I can save money on groceries and I'm going to be on a mission to do so even in the peak of wedding season. Yeah, I got this. Like it's going to be fine. Um, yes. So cutting back on restaurants, cutting back on grocery bill. Oh, the other category that just completely shocked me. I love giving gifts. Gifts is my love language. So I tend to always like, like to buy gifts for other people. I just think it's so thoughtful when somebody sends you a gift for a special occasion, whether it's your birthday or you had a baby or whatever. I just, I love sending gifts. I love making other people like surprised and I love making them smile and like feel like someone thought about them. So I spent a crap ton of money on gifts um, last month. It was insane, way more than we budgeted for. And I already have events coming up this month that I know I want to buy people gifts for. And so I have to find a way to give more cost-effective but still super thoughtful gifts. One thing I've done is I've started like a little gift wrapping station in our house. So I have like a whole Rolodex of special occasion cards and I have different tissue papers and bags that I've saved. And it just like that way when you're buying a gift, you don't also have to buy the tissue paper, the bag, the card. Oh, there the dog goes again. Oh, I just... I can't. He will go to one window, freak out, go to the other window, freak out because we live on a corner lot. So he's got to like bark at the dog all the way around the corner. Anyways, gift wrapping station. Lifesaver because then you're not also having to buy the gift, the bag, the tissue paper, the card, like just buy it in bulk, have it in store, like have it ready to go and then buy the gift and you already have everything else you need to go with it game changer. Um, I kind of want to take that to like the next level and just have some like general gifts that I love to give. Like I have certain items I love to gift new moms, um, you know, birthday gifts, like special bottles of wine, that kind of thing. I would love to just like have that on deck and then, you know, it comes up and you're not like scrambling, trying to find a gift. And you're also not having to like randomly spend money you didn't plan to spend because you planned ahead. So yeah, those were three categories on our like uh, like flex spending side of the budget that I was just like, holy cow, I almost fell out of my chair. 
And like I said, with the new house, we just have to be a little more budget conscious. Like we cannot like go out and spend $1,700 a month on restaurants anymore. I'm embarrassed to even say that number out loud. Um, But anyways, this exercise, this budgeting exercise has been really good. Um, Andrew and I just have a spreadsheet that has like all of our fixed monthly monthly costs. And then we have a whole section of costs that fluctuate month by month. And so that's where we like pop in. um, We double check that our bills like were actually what we thought they would be. And then we pop in all of our flex spending and what we spent by category in the bottom part of the spreadsheet. And then we can kind of see like, how we did like are we red are we green I guess black you would say I always mark it green when it's positive but whatever and yeah we're currently doing that on a monthly basis but I told Andrew it would be really nice to do just like on the flex spending like a weekly check-in to be like okay it's you know we're one week into March like here's where we are we need to like cut it back or like oh we're actually doing okay in this area um I don't know how feasible that is going to be but we refuse to do like the Dave Ramsey cash envelopes. Like, I'm sorry. I'm just, I am not going around paying cash. I refuse to go into a gas station and pay cash. Like, I'm not doing that. So we're kind of trying to do that same method-ish, but like digitally. Um, yeah, so right now we're at the once a month check-in. Once we like ha- have all of the spending for the month into our spreadsheet, we like sit down and we have an actual meeting and we very gently discuss like you know hey we spent this here we need to pull back here whatever um we didn't spend any money you know on clothing this month or whatever it is and then we make adjustments during that meeting and then we move forward and we both said like hey there's this meeting there is no room for finger pointing like we are a team and nobody's going to be pointing fingers at one another and saying like you overspent this like we're over budget because of you like none of that belongs in this conversation that's that's not okay here in this budget meeting so we've set the ground rules um I also like had to tell Andrew like hey look like it probably looks like I spend way more money because I and I think this is really common for a lot of women like I buy everything for the family I it's part of my job as part of our fair play system I'm in charge of household items I'm in charge of like Ryan's clothing so it just looks like I spend so much money but like I'm probably ordering like special granola bars online and toilet paper and I take care of like making sure we have allergy medicine flonase tampons pads whatever like all that stuff I I buy. So I feel like that's all very expensive stuff. So it looks like I'm spending like all this money, which is why the categories are really nice. It's like, okay, I spent that money at Target, but like I bought Flonase, which was like 40 freaking dollars for two things of Flonase. Um, like vitamins are super expensive. All the things are expensive. So yeah, this is the system we're kind of using going forward. Like I said, we're excited. Like we have goals. We want to pay off these stupid freaking loans that are a bajillion dollars. And the payment is like, I think the payment now is like the same as our new mortgage, which is that mortgage is so expensive. So the fact that we're going to be basically paying two of those makes me want to vomit. Um, Yeah, it's going to be really tight, but we're going to get through it. And in five to 10 years, 
This is going to be a thing of the past. Andrew keeps saying we can do the loan payoff in five and I'm trying to be realistic and it's probably going to be more like 10. Um, but hey, you know, maybe if I come up with over a thousand extra dollars in the budget per month, we really can hit that five-year goal. Um, we're also thinking about other creative ways to bring in more income, whether that's Andrew like working another half day a week or maybe picking up shifts at urgent care. And the reason we would have him do that is Andrew makes so much more money per hour. So, you know, with our values as a family, being time together as a family, Andrew can go make the amount of money I would make in like two weeks in like one shift. So it just, it just makes more sense for us um, to look at additional income streams that way. And of course, I'm trying to grow my business and get it to a place where, you know, I have a great team that <clears throat> is able to allow me to take multiple events, you know, per day, per weekend, and that just opens up a whole nother avenue of revenue for me um, without having to trade my time, which is so precious and spreads so thin right now. So yeah, that's just a little like look into um, our budget, how we got here to this new house that we're quote, hopefully fingers crossed moving into I need everybody to hope and pray for a very smooth closing um, we had the inspection on our new house the inspection on our current house which is the one I'm worried about because this house is 100 years old so you know um, anything anything could be found that is happening tomorrow so fingers crossed that goes smooth we have to get our inspection responses in um, we'll have to review the inspection response from the couple buying our house. And yeah, that's just this this topic of, of money and family finances has been on my mind so much because it's been a huge focus as we buy a new house. And yeah, I just wanted to share. So um, on that note, I will leave you to it. I'm going to highly encourage you to go set up a spreadsheet for your family, talk to your spouse about, you know, having a budget, what managing that might look like. But most of all, like talk about your goals and like what you want this budget to do for you. Like what are you going to achieve as a family? What kind of freedom are you going to give yourself because of the due diligence of having a budget? That's exciting to me. Maybe I'm nerdy for that, but you know, is what it is. All right, guys, have an incredible hump day and I will catch you here again soon. Adios.